Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Hour Blitz right here on Apple Podcasts. Block Talk Radio and tune in. Oscar Lopez, your host here. We have a great show today, episode 245 in the house. We are going to have Mexico's national women's champion, IFAB bronze champion, uh, Lizbeth Mondragon Leon of uh, LIFFAE in Mexico. She'll be in the house here in about 15 minutes to talk about the excitement happening in Mexico with the. after the world championships and how they're getting ready for the next world championships and various leagues uh, to help out to field the national team. So she'll be in the house here. We are going to have also in the house, uh, Louise Bain here in a couple minutes. And later on, we'll have Mackenzie Brooks as we dissect on uh, college football, the NFL, and then we'll go into the women's news and recaps at the bottom of the hour after the no joke football huddle. A reminder, you guys can go to Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties, and you guys can get everything there, T-shirts, leggings, gifts. Uh, use daily codes, save up to about 20 to 25% off, as well as if you subscribe to Zazzle Black for about nine, uh, $10, you can get free shipping in the U.S., as well as there's deals internationally on the international sites. So if you're in Australia, you're in Germany, you're in Europe, anywhere in pretty much in Canada or Mexico. You can also go to Zazzle.com. Right underneath the last tab, it's a worldwide tab. Click on your nearest country code, and you can order directly there. Go to the uh, No Joke Football shop there at Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. Let's bring in the house here so we can talk about some college football here. See who we have here on the – Troy, is that you? I'm here. Troy, man, how's it going? Hope you're feeling better. Hope uh, things are uh, looking up and up on the uh, health end there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm having a little hard time, man. But, you know, not a hard time I can't handle, man. So I, I'm good to go. I appreciate the welcome, wishes, brother. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a slow process, just like anything else with rehab. and But you got to just, gotta, you know, got to take care of yourself. And um, Louise, welcome back. How are you doing today? Good. I'm, I'm glad Troy's with us. I've been missing him. Yeah, I think everybody has been missing him. We've gotten uh, a lot of, a lot of positive things about where is Troy because everybody loves Troy. So, uh, yeah. but he's back, and uh, the Redskins are in first place. Troy, you, you come back and look at this. Redskins are on first place. Oh yeah, you know I, I was dancing this weekend. I was having a good old time this weekend watching football. I mean, just I mean, just rivalry weekend. All for me, man. So watching that Redskins-Dallas game, and I'm watching it with a group of folks, and we were all Cowboys and Redskins fans sitting around watching this game. It was just like classic Redskins-Cowboys. I mean, it always comes down to the wire. It always comes down. doesn't matter what the records are. But watching my boys kind of pull it out the way that they did, you know, I know it's a little bit of a controversy with the, you know, with the snap and things like that. But look, um, honestly, I just feel good that it came out good on our side for once. I'll take it. I'll, I will admit that the call was a bad call. 
but I will take it. My Redskins are in first place. I didn't see this coming, but, man, the defense that they have out there, I think that's a huge difference. And, of course, the ageless one, Adrian Peterson, 33 years old. He looks like, man, this guy looks like he's just been in the fountain. Man. So I'm super excited about the team. I know we're not all that great as far as throwing the football, but winning the ugly, I will take that. To me, that's Redskins football, and we'll see what happens going forward, especially when we got the Giants coming up this week. So I'm definitely excited, man. I'm having a ball this week. Well, between Louise and Mackenzie, probably not the same feeling. (laughs) (laughs) But my Cowboys aren't that great, so it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, and you get Amari Cooper. What else can you wish for? Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I hope it works out. I hope it works out, but, you know. They they got to pay him, and we'll see what happens. See what happens. It's it, it's it's okay. I mean, uh, Elliot. It's just it, I think the transition there is chemistry, and and there's no chemistry there. So, you know what? We got Tavon Austin, and all of a sudden we think it's going to be great. And the only standout on that offense is Beasley. So, if anything, Beasley's still your guy. Yeah, I. I can't imagine it won't be a good thing. Hopefully Amari will feel rejuvenated and things like that, and maybe he's happy to get out of Oakland. Uh, but I listened to today, and they just the prognosticators are just saying, all right, give Dak a re- receiver, and now see what he can do. If he can't do anything, then the guy get a new quarterback. So we'll see. It's no different than uh, somebody wanting Kaepernick in Jacksonville. I think maybe you call Tony Romo and see if he wants to come back. Oh, my gosh. I th- th- people are crazy if they think a quarterback that hasn't played for a couple of years can just learn an offense, playbooks are really long, and then just come in and play. Uh, this just doesn't happen. Troy, uh, what is this, the quarterback talking? What's going on here? I mean, yeah, she, she's got a point. I mean, you know, right now Romo's got a lot of rust on him, so him coming back may not be the most feasible thing. But I'm going to tell you what, the, the Cowboys, they, they missed him. They missed him. And I understand there was a lot of excitement when Dak came in and, you know, relieved Tony Romo. And, and listen, when it comes down to it, you have to be available in the NFL. And Tony Romo, for whatever reason, he couldn't be available. And then, you know, some people started throwing his legacy in there as far as in big games. But let me tell you something. Tony Romo is one of the better quarterbacks that you will see in the NFL, in my opinion. He he, he threw people like Des Bryant over. And that's really not that Prescott strong suit. He doesn't throw guys over. And so that's why you saw a lot of the struggles at the wide receiver position. Even after Des is gone, you get, you know, you, the wide receiver quarter they have now, even with Amari Cooper now being traded there, it's still going to be an issue because he has to learn how to try to fit the ball in there. But that is not that strong. So he's a great athlete, especially the quarterback position. But throwing the ball to you know into spots and to spaces like Tony Romo did, not too many quarterbacks can do that. It's just not that strong. So. I think there's more of a chance that Romo could do it because he knows the offense versus Kaepernick going to Jacksonville and doing it. Um, because it's a totally different playbook and just those kind of things. Romo, I think, maybe could do it. But Kaepernick, Kaepernick, I, Kaepernick I don't think there's any way 
any way he can come back right now and play for a team and then get them to win. And it's just he's just been out of it way too long, even from a standpoint, from Romo's standpoint. He's yeah. been out of it way too long. Um, and it's not even just, you know, I, I just don't think right now that's really what his focus is. So, you know, I, 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 I want to see him come back at some point. But I think right now Kaepernick's he, he's got bigger fish to fry other than playing a football game right now. And, you know, he's got a lot of things working. So I think he, he should be happy where he's at right now. Um, and we're proud of him and all of that. But, yeah, I think right now playing quarterback is probably not the best move for him to make. Troy, I don't think he's missing out on, on he's not missing out on money. He's got Nike money, so he's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. But you know what? A lot of times, I mean, you know, just like you know, we talk to a lot of the ladies that are on there. It's just more about playing the game than it is just about the money. So, and I, I think that is with Kaepernick, you know. But at the same time, he just felt like it was a bigger position for him to play. But listen, a lot of us out here would would play this game. Even if it were for free, I mean, look, I would play it right now. Even at my age of forty-two, I go out there. Somebody give me some pads. I'm putting pads on. Let's go. It's just you play for the love of it. So, you know what? I think most of us out there have the love for it. But you know, it, it takes a little bit more than that, especially once you get to that NFL level. It does become about money. So I do see your point right there. Luis, uh, you have let's let's go into uh, before we go into the huddle here. Let's talk about some of the key games that happened Sunday night. Chiefs against Bengals. We kind of had that feeling Cincinnati wasn't going to be much of a threat. Uh, Hunt runs wild with three touchdowns, and so the Chiefs, even though they, they've had one loss, they almost look as good as the Rams in a way. Oh yeah, I mean those those two teams are just video game numbers. Um... I read an article where Patrick, uh, Alex Smith, you know, really included him in everything last year and just really taught him how to be a professional. Hats off to Alex Smith, your boy, Troy. And, that's right. Uh, yeah, and Patrick just learned how to win over the locker room, and that's just really important. And you see a lot of that going on in the NFL right now where the quarterbacks have lost their locker room or the guys don't feel like they can be led by them or they just and they don't play well. Obviously, they're winning. They're really talented. And so everyone feels great when you're winning. And he plays well. So uh, I think it will come down between them and New England at the end of the day. Troy, what do we say about the Giants debacle that's in, you know, trying to get rid of Manning right now? I think that that's not even a solution anymore. I mean, you got to ride it out for the year and then kind of make changes because the Falcons sort of exposed the Giants. And even though uh, – OBJ had his 5,000 yards, you know, faster than anybody else. It's it's just an issue. The Giants are just a mess. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just watching the trade rumors today, and I see an Eli come across the screen, and I'm like, they, they've done it. They've done it. And you see it with Eli Apple. So either one of those guys being traded out of there was a good thing for the Giants and also a good thing for the player because right now that's just a toxic environment. I mean, nobody likes going to work. And then when you got guys, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, LBJ, he's out there and kind of, you know, he, he's a bit of a malcontent. And, you know, you want to see him, you know, be happy and jovial, but it's hard to do that when you're 1-5, 1-6. It's just not a good feeling right now. So the Giants right now are in the spiral. But, listen, they the, the future is bright for them. But I just think when it comes down to it, it's more of a mindset. Can you think of, like, 
think like this. If it, this were a lesser team in the NFL, I'm not, you know, let's just say this were Cleveland, and you had a, a special talent on the side, you got a special talent on your team like Barkley. You're sitting there thinking about the future, man. We could be great if we just had one more guy. It just seems to me that everybody in New York is being impatient. And they should have been. They should have known that this was going to be an issue because they decided to not go with the quarterback with the first pick. But you do have a generational talent. So, in my opinion, things are going to be looking up for the Giants. Maybe it's definitely not going to be this year. But it's probably going to be next year. They have a first-round pick. It'll probably be a high pick. This time they'll probably go for the quarterback, and I think everybody will be fine. You know, Beckham Jr., he's already signed to a long-term deal. He's not going anywhere. You also got that special talent in Barkley at running back. Uh, Sterling Shepard, he's out there. Maybe they can get Ingram going. They have to do something about the offensive line and the quarterback. If they fix those areas right there, I think the Giants become a formidable team again. But it's just going to take a little bit of patience. So their they're, they're fan base back off a little bit, man. Just come through time. They'll be all right. Luis, uh, Breeze finally gets to beat all 32 teams. So on top of everything he's done this year, he finally gets that one thing off his back, and he takes care of the Ravens. So uh, by one point of all that, <laughs> so but he still yeah. won. So now he beat. He, now he's beaten every team in the NFL. That's actually a really cool thing. Uh, you know, I follow the Saints a little bit just because uh, the former BYU quarterback plays all over the place for them. He plays in the Wildcat. He plays lines up at wide receiver. Lines up on special teams. He he has returned a punt or two. So I they're really using them in a lot of – using him, Taysom Hill, in a lot of different effective red zone and other situational things. And uh, and Breeze is doing well. And people aren't really talking a lot. Other than when he, when he got the yardage marker, uh, they talked about him. But they don't get a lot of press, really. And I just think they're quietly having a good season – and I think they're going to be there at the end as long as they stay healthy. Troy, what do we say about that that NFC South? I mean, we got Atlanta in the mix now. We got Carolina just took care of the Eagles. The Saints beat the Ravens. Um, so it's just kind of it's going to be another dogfight year. Who's going to stand out? And, and honestly, this is kind of what we expected uh, from that division. I mean, you know, we we kind of were a, a little bit shocked. When you saw Tampa Bay, they came out, they had the Fitzmagic thing going right now. They've kind of caught a falling back, and then they get back on track this week with a win. And then you have the Carolina Panthers who come back against the Eagles after getting beat, beaten down by the Redskins the previous week. The New Orleans Saints, they seem like they're on a mission this year. I mean, they felt like they – I mean, and they were. They were a Hail Mary pass away from being in the championship game playing against the Eagles. And it's debatable. A lot of people come back and say that – you know, if it were a different team, then maybe the Eagles wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. We can only wish for things like that. But listen, right now that division is tough. Atlanta, they've righted the ship. They've not. They've rolled off two straight. You gotta love what they're doing on offense if they can ever get something gelled together on defense. Because they're missing a lot of parts. Deion Jones, he may be coming back. You're missing your two strong starting safeties in Keanu Neal. He's gone for the year, so they're not coming back. How is Atlanta going to fix their problems on defense? And it looks like they've gotten there with the pass rush. But I think right now you got to say New Orleans is the class of that division just because they have the offense. Their defense hasn't played up to par this year. 
but they're starting to starting to come around also. They just made the trade for Eli Apple. Things could be looking up for the Saints on the defensive side because they did need help in the defensive back in. All right, let's go into the huddle, and we'll uh, dive back into the NFL, and then we got to talk a little bit of college football as well because that's exciting as well. So we're going to go into the huddle, uh, sponsored by Zazzle.com. And in the huddle today, we have the talented and all-world uh, baller from the Nash- Mexican national team, and that is Lisbeth uh, Mondrago Leon, and she's uh, taking care of the Titans of Querétaro in the LA Pipei. Um Y Lisbeth, ¿cómo estás hoy? Gracias por hacer el tiempo y venir aquí en el, en el podcast. Bien. Hola, hola. Bien, bien. Gracias. ¿Cómo están por allá? Estamos bien. Uh, estás conmigo y estás con Troy Wilson, que es, uh, él le gusta el, el, el fútbol colegial de los Estados Unidos y también es el fanático de los de las pilas rojas de Washington. Y estás con Luis Bean, que es este mariscal de campo en los Estados Unidos con los Falcones de Utah y también este, este, este vaqueros de, de Dallas fanáticas. So, uh, Lisbeth, la noticia de esta semana es que has tomado control de los titanes de Querétaro en la nueva liga y aparte de eso tienes este el, el staff de coches que es todo femenil, que es interesante para el, el, el juego americano en cualquiera este país. Este, pues sí, eh, estamos empezando a coachar, somos puras mujeres y el objetivo de, del fútbol femenil que bueno que nosotros cantamos es que debe de ser coachado por puras mujeres porque es más fácil entendernos entre nosotras y, y pues tenemos eh, este proyecto que está muy padre. Lisbeth, ¿qué, es, ¿qué era el cambio de ti? ¿Has jugado en FX México? ¿Has jugado también en Lexpa o no? En Lexa, no, pero sí he jugado en, en, en México. ¿Has jugado en las varias ligas, las dos ligas mayores? como Le- No has jugado en Lexa, pero has jugado en FX, 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 FX México, sí, ¿no? Sí, siempre he so jugado la experiencia, en FX. Tu experiencia a llegar al Nacional y luego representar el país en Vancouver, en Canadá, se supone que tomó parte, porque los titanes eh, a cierto punto han sido parte de FX también, ¿verdad? Claro, claro, y, y bueno, cabe mencionar que Titanes es un, un equipo, no una selección, fue un equipo de aquí de Querétaro. Sí, entonces el, el, el movimiento para uh, la uh, LeFay, este, ¿qué era la decisión de moverte ahí en vez de quedarte como en FX? FX? Ah, porque íbamos a meter a puras novatas, íbamos a meter a puras novatas a la, a la Liga, Y, y pues se planteó que ahí nos convenía más, ya que en la otra liga donde estábamos, pues, o sea, no nos convenía por eh, por, por la cantidad de chicas que íbamos a tener. Y acá se nos no, o sea, Lifea nos ofreció algo más accesible y, y mejor planteado. Y pues nos gustó. Lisbeth, ¿están jugando a Arena 8 a 8, a 7 a 7, que es el estilo en la liga? Es ocho, ocho contra ocho, es arena. So, so, es arena, uh, so la, la, la decisión es uh, más conveniente para ti, pero ¿cómo ha estado el, el cambio para ti de, de jugador al, 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 al level mundial y competitivo en, en FX México? Y ahora hacer, hacer este, se supone que, uh, coach. Este, pues ha sido un cambio transitorio, 
pero creo que tengo las bases, ya que, bueno, estudié educación física y ciencias del deporte. Siempre he estado como al pendiente del físico de, de las chicas. Entonces, no ha sido como tan eh, transitorio. Sí, me, sé que me falta mucha experiencia como head coach, pero poco a poquito la voy adquiriendo. ¿Qué te parece, o qué, te, qué era tu... Este tus momentos de Vancouver, ¿cómo fue eso para ti también? Porque todos uh, que hemos entrevistado uh, dijeron que era un momento grande para no nomás para el país, pero para el, el deporte femenil y para uh, agregarte para el siguiente mundial y preparar las chicas nacionalmente. ¿Cómo fue? Pues eh, siempre hemos proyectado a, a lo grande. Desde que yo empecé a jugar fútbol americano, siempre quise llegar a lo máximo. O sea, siempre voy a, voy a llegar más bien, voy a llegar a lo, a lo máximo que, que puedes este, estar en el fútbol americano. Y, y siempre hemos proyectado lo mejor a quien quiere, pero eh, se vienen como muchos cambios. Y más con este, este nuevo staff de coaching. Y, y pues ya me sigo preparando para el siguiente mundial. Muchos muchos jugadores uh, entran entran en el nivel de coach. ¿La decisión para ser coach era fácil para ti o es algo de que ya querías moverte tú en vez de jugadora o uh, querías hacer coaching nomás? Este, bueno, el proyecto es que estamos creando nuestros semilleros. O sea, son las jugadoras novatas que posteriormente van a ser veteranas. Nosotros seguimos jugando. Esta categoría es en otoño, son las novatas y en verano vamos a somos nosotros las veteranas. Entonces, lo que nos, nos ha pasado eh, muchas veces es como crear jugadoras, no nada más que ya lleguen creadas, sino empezar a, a tener seguimiento nosotras, y de ahí que salten a veteranas y que el equipo crezca, y cada, cada vez sea mucho, muchísimo mejor. Lisbeth, estamos hablando de que Titanes van a competir en el, en el nivel máster en FX México o van a quedarse en, en la liga que tienes ahorita. Eh, vamos a ver, vamos a ver dónde estén los equipos más fuertes, es donde Titanes siempre va a estar. Eh, aún no sabemos qué liga es la que va a tener eh, lo, a los eh, equipos más fuertes, entonces eh, tenemos que esperar. Uh, Elizabeth, a los, a no saber a, a, a los aficionados del de, Fútbol femenil, ¿qué es tu historia? ¿En ¿Dónde empezaste? ¿Qué equipo? ¿Qué posiciones has jugado? Y supone que llegaste a representar el país en, en 2017 y ganar el bronce con, con la nacional. So, uh, Haznos saber este, un poquito de Elizabeth Madagón León. Ok, bueno, pues empecé a practicar varios deportes hasta que llegué al Tocho y del Tocho saltamos al americano. Eh, fuimos las primeras. Este, chicas en hacer un equipo femenil en Querétaro. Entonces, hace seis años aquí en Querétaro empecé el fútbol americano. Eh, eh, jugamos en Gigantes, siempre había sido Arena y en el 2012. Y en el 2013 hubo una selección de FXF contra Monterrey y pues de ahí empecé a jugar, bueno, jugué un partido, jugamos un partido de once y después volvimos a jugar Arena porque no, no había tantas como ligas. Que, que, se, que se fueran para el once. Entonces, de ahí seguimos jugando arena, arena, hasta que se presentó la oportunidad otra vez de poder jugar once en el torneo de FXF. Y jugamos y después 
se viene la selección nacional, eh, sale una lista y pues quedo seleccionada. Eh, hicieron como tres cortes y seguimos ahí. Entonces, pues fuimos a Canadá, competimos, fue una experiencia muy padre, me encantó. Eh, desde que yo empecé a jugar fútbol americano siempre me proyecté a, a llegar eh, a lo máximo, o sea, al a lo máximo del fútbol americano, que sería un mundial y estoy coach. Esto es como a lo que siempre me he proyectado yo. Y más por lo que por lo que estudié, o sea, me, me apasiona mucho el deporte. Yo vivo, respiro, sueño y duermo este, pensando en deporte. Lisbeth, con tu hermana y tenías la experiencia de, de ir con varias uh, jugadoras también Uh, con estilo de estilo este, excelente como Andy Romero, Carelli López y, y Dan Michelle también. Este, todavía mucho talento en, en el equipo mexicano. La única cosa que no tenían es estatura, pero como dijo Coach Giovanni, tenían que usar ustedes sus metros que ustedes podían uh, adquirir y compitieron bien para a ganar el bronce. Claro que sí. Pues fue una experiencia padre, tenemos mucho talento, la verdad. Este, pues ahí al final eh, fueron cositas que nos fallaron y pues no se obtuvo el resultado querido, pero pues fue una experiencia nueva para México. Este, y quedar en tercer lugar, la primera vez que competimos, creo que hicimos un buen papel. Lisbeth, ¿es su gol a ser coach, representar al equipo nacional como la como la como el coach Jen Walker que estuvo con la, el equipo de Australia? ¿Es un gol de tuyo para sentarte a, a, al lado de otros coaches en, en una, una, un campeonato mundial, probablemente en dos, 2020? Ah, como coach, no, todavía espero jugar ese mundial como, como jugadora y después ya en el futuro como coach. ¿So vas a tomar tu tiempo todavía este con tu con hacer jugadora todavía? Sí, sí, sí. Este, pues apenas llevo seis años jugando fútbol americano y creo que me falta todavía muchísimo. Bueno, aunque sea el siguiente mundial. Entonces sí, aún me falta un poco para ser coach de una selección nacional. Ok, Lisbeth, uh, voy a hacer hasta Troy que te haga preguntas. Yo traduzco para ti, a uh, los dos lo voy a traducir. Y se puede te pregunta, le voy a dar la, la, la información de que ya habla, de que hablamos ahorita y lo, yo te traduzco la pregunta que quiere. Uh, so, Troy, uh, this is Lisbeth, uh, Madison Leon. She was one of the players on the uh, IFAB Bronx winning Mexico team. And she is also uh, coaching now in terms of a, a league in Mexico, and she's the first female coach in that league, plus with the first female staff, and she's very proud that she represented her country and won the bronze medal. She's also looking forward to the next world championship and, also, and elevating the sport uh, and contributing in that way to try to elevate the, the female participation so that they can feel the better team for next uh, world championship. Awesome. Hey, Elizabeth, I uh, wanted to ask you, um, was your participation playing with that team? How did that help your experience going forward? Um, first? Yep. So, Elizabeth, this is the Troy, que con la experiencia que tienes uh, y que adquiriste en, en el Mundial, 
uh, que, que esa es una de las cosas que tenías pasión para regresar y hacer proyectos como estás haciendo ahorita? Este, sí, fue... Bueno, fue, fue una cosa. Yo ya tenía como este proyecto desde antes. O sea, desde antes que fue el Mundial, yo ya sabía que íbamos a, a regresar, a hacer coaches y a mejorar el fútbol americano con mi niña aquí en Querétaro. So, Troy, she says uh, it wasn't something that she planned to do, but she did have that idea already. And and since she started there in uh, with the Titans of Querétaro, she just wants to give back to the sports. So she's currently working with rookies in this new league, and then she plans on participating in the uh, in the spring season of FX Mexico as a player uh, once again. What are some of the challenges that you experienced, you know, along with transitioning from playing and now going to coaching? I mean, because that has to be a difficult transition to take that mindset. How is it kind of training the younger rookies coming in? How difficult or how easy is that for you? Uh, Lisbeth dice, Troy, ¿qué, ¿qué clase de dificultades has tenido tú uh, haciendo el cambio entre coaching ahorita para este formato de proyecto que estás haciendo? Y como jugadora, ¿qué es, qué, ¿hay diferencias ahorita entre el coaching y lo que lo que haces normalmente como jugadora? Sí, sí, sí. O sea, este, estar como coach y jugador es muy diferente. Eh, pues como coach obviamente tienes que planear eh, todo como toda la temporada y como jugadora te tienes que preparar físicamente, mentalmente y estudiar para este pues para hacer todo. Creo que es eh, muy difícil ser coach, o sea, es una de la, uno de los retos más difíciles. A mí me encantan los retos y, y pues voy a seguir aquí como coach y, y en verano como jugadora. So uh, she likes challenges, Troy. So yeah, she says that being a coach is way tougher because planning is there's more planning involved as being a player it's just sort of physically taking care of yourself and showing up and trying to execute but as a coach you got to take a lot of stuff into account so that's some of the things that intrigues her right now awesome and my my last question um congratulations on having the first, the first four female coaching staff also in the football uh but i wanted to ask you Was that plan to kind of come out that way during the hiring process as far as getting everyone in there to have an all-female coaching staff, or did that just happen to fall out that way? So, Elizabeth, dice Troy que cómo estuvo esta en la acumulación de todos los coches femenil. ¿Fuiste tú a adquirirlos o vinieron para a ti para a ver si podían ser parte? ¿Cómo estuvo ese proceso? Okay, bueno, eh, son exjugadoras o jugadoras activas que juegan, o sea, también son veteranas. Entonces, lo que hace, lo que hice fue seleccionar más o menos a una de cada posición y que yo creía, bueno, yo creo que ellas son las mejores de su posición en Querétaro y que pueden enseñar. Eso es lo más importante, que, que sepan enseñar. Y, y pues ya, o sea, la convocatoria... Este, pues no estuvo abierta, yo más bien la seleccioné y, y pues el staff aquí está. So Troy, she said uh, it wasn't really much of anything, but she just uh, decided to look at some of the top players that came to her and and they were one of the best players in the area and who better to coach and teach these young players but those players that are obviously excel at their positions in terms of what she needed and in, uh, in terms of a coach. 
So she's kind of happy that those those uh, players are contributing. Some of those uh, coaches are still going to play in the spring like her, but at this point their concentration is to try to get the rookies up to another level and play in this new league so that they can get experience. Awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate you answering all my my, my questions. I appreciate that. So dice Troy que mucho gracias por responder las preguntas. Uh, vamos a hablar con este Luis ahorita para que te uh, pregunte también otras preguntas. Uh, Luis, go ahead and then Elizabeth is on. Hey, how you doing? Hi, um, fine, thank I, you. Hey, good. I, I'm not sure if I missed it somehow, but what position did you play on the national team? Uh, wide receiver. Wide receiver, okay. Yeah. So, did you plan on having an all-female staff? Was that the goal? Dice que si te planeaste a tener todo, todos los coches femenil, y si era un gol tuyo. Sí, de hecho, o sea, fue la idea de, de todas y estuvo muy padre, porque pues todas, eh, o sea, no las obligué, sino que ya me dijeron, ¿sabes qué? Se levantaron también la mano así como, sí, yo quiero. Entonces, eso estuvo muy padre, porque nos hemos puesto de acuerdo bien y todo está saliendo bien. So she said it just came about where everybody was enthusiastic about forming this, this you know, all-female coaching staff to try to help out the uh, team that has obviously helped them over time and try to make a mark in, in, in terms of their capabilities to try to elevate their knowledge to help out some of the rookies. Okay. Uh, you know, I see and we talk a lot on the show about a lot of the progress that football has made in Mexico, not just tackle, but or full kit, but also the LFL style. Um, does she plan on playing as a player or a coach for the next national team? Um, she's going to play as a player. Um, she's going to okay. coach right now this, this new, in this new league because it's an eight-on-eight eight format, but it's brand-new league. It's rookies. Um, she, she didn't want to put the team in FX Mexico because it's more experienced arena style, and it would okay. not have been very nice for them. So um, they're going to uh, – the coaching staff, including herself, w once the season is over with the rookies, they're going to go ahead and, and continue to play in FX Mexico in the spring, which is uh, basically 11-on-11 with the Titans. Okay, okay. And um... – I'd like to know what she felt like are the challenges. Like, why why is the U.S. team players, uh, does she perceive that they're a lot better or a little bit better versus Mexico players? Elizabeth, dice, este, dice Luis, este, que, que es tu, que es tu uh, pensamiento con, uh, con el equipo de los Estados Unidos cuando lo confrontaron Uh, ¿qué, ¿Qué es el estilo y, y en, en qué tú piensas que tienen que mejorar ustedes para a, a, a elevarse el, el equipo al siguiente mundial? Pues creo que nos faltó un poquito de, de sistema. Sistema tanto ofensivo como defensivo y, y un poco de técnica. Ya no tanta, creo que hemos tenido, o sea, tuvimos una técnica. Eh, a segundo tiempo no nos habían anotado nada. Eh, creo que eh, hicimos historia porque 
han sido al, al, al único equipo que le han metido 29 puntos nada más, creo. No me estoy muy segura de la historia, según yo sí. Entonces, pues nos faltó un poquito más de sistema. Es, es más lo que nos faltó. So, technique is one of the things that she was she's looking at right now, but also she's very proud that they were able to go toe-to-toe with the U.S. team and only only uh, held them to 29. So, defensively, she says she's very proud of her squad. Offensively, she knows they're very talented, but they still got a lot of things to work on on physicality. Well, that's very exciting. I don't know how you get hooked up to get all these interesting people on the like her on the show, Oscar. You got people all over the place, don't you? Yeah, well, I've been working with her for a while, but she her announcement was going to be announced this week, and she finally announced it. Um, the league launched this week, and so that's the reason I wanted to bring her in to kind of spotlight her because it is a unique thing in Mexico. Uh, is it is the first time in any of the league that it is a complete female uh, coaching staff. There was another female in FX Mexico, but majority of the staff was male and she was part of the male staff but uh, Elizabeth here basically kind of makes a little bit of history so we wanted to kind of give her some props for uh, assembling some of her best players and teammates and obviously trying to help them to try to get some rookies to get into the game and putting their knowledge that's really really cool good for them good for her I'll pass it off so he said Dice este, Elizabeth Lidwis que es, es, es uh, algo muy eh, eh, grande que están haciendo ustedes ahí en Querétaro porque es, es muy raro tener uh, coches femenil, especialmente en el deporte uh, fútbol americano, el colegial o el profesional. Y uh, ustedes uh, haciendo esto es un, un punto grande para no nomás el, el deporte internacionalmente, pero para ustedes también para el programa en México. Claro que sí, pues. Esperamos que todo eh, se siga como lo planeamos y, y ese proyecto pasa ya adelante y, y esperemos que el fútbol americano femenil crezca muchísimo más aquí en México. Este, Elizabeth, ¿has hablado con Giovanni uh, o los coches de la, del fuego? ¿En, en, qué, en, ¿En qué forma estás acumulando este conocimiento uh, como hacer coach o algo de de información que te pueden dar a alguien diferente para mejorarte tú misma, para elevarte el estilo de coach que vas a hacer tú? Eh, pues no, no he estado mucho en contacto con ellos. Eh, hay un curso aquí de fútbol americano que es como un especificé y, y estoy ahí en el, en el curso de fútbol americano. Eh, me encanta ver videos, soy más autodidacta, me encanta aprender. Eh, sigo mucho al coach de los Rams no sé si lo han visto yo sé que ese equipo no es tan bueno pero es un chavo que tiene muchas ideas y todo el día está pensando en el fútbol americano y, y me, o sea en un futuro me gustaría ser una parte de él o sea una parte de él me gusta y, y pues formar a pues a las mujeres más que nada y Elizabeth este qué es lo que vas a hacer tú en en, en, en Querétaro con los titanes, ¿quieres elevarlos a un equipo mayor eh, conocimiento como en, en, el, en el estilo de Masters 11 por 11 Así supone, hablamos con este, uh, 
hablamos con, este, con diferentes personas y, y lo que dicen es de que el, el nivel de juego a 11 a 11 todavía no está, por eso FX México uh, querían este, eh, nomás introducir ciertos equipos nomás para esa formata, para que se mejoren en esa forma y tener you know, cuatro o seis equipos listos para cuando se venga el nacional. Se supone que el nacional en Yucatán, en Cancún, estuvo bien porque había más interés de diferentes ligas nacionalmente. So, es, en esa forma está bien para el siguiente mundial, ¿verdad? Claro que sí. Este, bueno, yo puedo ir capitanes eh, en un futuro, estar en donde esté lo más fuerte. Y creo que por el momento eh, es la liga de Estados Unidos. Entonces, en algún futuro, Titanes participará en Estados Unidos. So, ¿Va a ser el, algo proyecto grande? Porque esas noticias para nosotros. So, ¿Es algo de evento especial o qué es lo que están planeando? Eh, se está planeando. O sea, apenas estamos, estamos haciendo semillero de niñas novatas. Y a futuro esperamos este, pues contar con el máximo nivel aquí en México y después poder viajar, ¿por qué no poder viajar a Estados Unidos, a la liga de allá? Claro que tenemos que ver muchísimas cosas como patrocinadores y todo eso, pero pues yo no veo las cosas imposibles. Entonces, pues sí, sí es como una buena noticia y vamos a estar trabajando en ello. Está bien. Uh, Elizabeth, ¿cómo estuvo que fuiste con tu hermana? Esa es una experiencia uh, es natural para ustedes, pero estando en el mundial las dos juntas es algo evento, ¿no? Sí, la verdad fue una experiencia muy padre. Este, ella también siempre ha hecho deporte. Yo la, de hecho yo la llegué al fútbol americano y teníamos otra hermana que también jugó, bueno, teníamos otra hermana que también jugó americano, pero ella no se quedó. Entonces solamente estuvimos las dos y siempre fue como nuestro sueño, o sea, llegar a lo máximo del fútbol americano. De hecho, ella también está coachando aquí. Elizabeth, ¿cómo estuvo este tu familia? este Cuando llegaron, se anunció, se fueron seleccionadas y ahora ya están representando a México. ¿Cómo fue esa experiencia entre sus amigos y familiares? Todos nos apoyaron durante el proceso y después de también nos han apoyado. Y pues aquí en el equipo, todas las chicas nos apoyaron muchísimo. Entonces, fue una experiencia muy padre. Y, y pues ellas, siempre sabemos que tenemos el apoyo de todos aquí en Querétaro. Elizabeth, este, el, el, la liga la, de la LFI, esa, ¿cuántas semanas de juego van a tener este, esta temporada? En Mijay vamos a tener, son seis partidos. Y semifinal y final. Entonces, si llegamos hasta el último, serían ocho partidos en total. ¿Se van a hacer ocho semanas con el campeonato totalmente? <risa> esperamos que sí. <risa> pues esperamos el campeonato, eso es lo que digo yo. <risa> <risa> claro que sí, pues esperemos que sí. Ok, um, ¿qué, es, qué, hay, ¿qué son equipos que tenemos que uh, tomar nota? Si, 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 aparte de los titanes de Querétaro, ¿hay otros equipos que estás, si, tienes tu ojo? Este, uh, ¿En la liga donde estoy? Sí, en la liga donde estás. Eh, me parece que, la verdad no los conozco mucho, pero los, lo que hemos visto hasta ahorita, eh, titanes de Cholula. 
¿Y hay otros equipos aparte de eso o no? Sí, 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 hay, hay muchísimos más equipos. La verdad, no recuerdo tanto los nombres ahorita, pero este, el siguiente fin vamos contra Panteras Guam, creo. So, eh, es, ¿Cuántos en el equipo de cada equipo? ¿Es de 20, 25? ¿Cuántas chicas? Sí, más o menos, bueno, de 20 para abajo. Nosotros tenemos 24 o 25 chicas. So, ¿Todas juegan doble o, o juegan a, a posiciones especializadas? ¿O están jugando de, de, de defensa y ofensiva también? Eh, nosotros tratamos de que sean ofensa y defensa, o sea, que cada quien este, sea de una posición. Cuando hay lesiones y así, pues sí, ocupamos meter a otra de otra posición, pero normalmente cada quien juega de su posición. All right, Elizabeth, este, te uh, quería traer a, a la entrevista, para entrevistarte porque es un, es un momento grande en, en tener un, un, un staff de femenil y aparte de eso un coach femenil que es muy raro, especialmente en México con todo el, el colegial nacional y las ligas profesionales y aparte de eso, eh, you know, las la, la universidades. So, uh, uh, gracias por hacer todo lo que estás haciendo en, en los titanes en Querétaro y se supone que todas las chicas que están este, escuchando uh, queremos más éxito para ti y esperando de que eso salga en un título en esta liga y si no, este, vamos a estar este, a mirando a ver cómo, cómo sale en la siguiente campaña en FSC. Perfecto, pues muchísimas gracias. Y pues nada, o sea, estamos abriendo camino para las siguientes generaciones y, y que los familiares, amigos y todos las apoyen, porque quién no dice que de aquí pueda salir hasta un coach, hasta para la NFL o college allá en Estados Unidos. Ahora, right, Lisbeth, gracias por hacer el tiempo, esperando mucho éxito para ti. Vamos a estar al tanto de las semanas en, en la nueva liga que tienes. Y si tienes algo de información o algo que quieras uh, que podamos ayudarte, uh, puedes hacer este mensaje directo también y podemos hacer lo que podamos ayudarte, ¿ok? Perfecto, muchísimas gracias, gracias por todo. Tengas, buena, tengas buenas noches, esperando uh, mucho éxito y, y uh, gracias por estar con, con hoy con nosotros. Igualmente, saludos a todos, gracias. Adiós. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So that was Elizabeth uh, Mondragon Leon, and she was uh, she is the first female uh, coach in LIFAE, which is a new league, 8-on-8, arena style. And she is the first female to assemble a, in that league. It is the first uh, that's happened in Mexico that I'm aware of, uh, that I've researched from other people. And so that's a great, great thing. Uh, she expects to be. Uh, part of at some point uh, on the national team, just like Jen Walker was with Australia. She's thinking two world championships from now before she's seasoned enough to even be on a, on a coaching staff on the national team. But that is her goal. Her next goal is obviously to represent her country once again at the IFAB world championship. So what a historic moment. Uh, I needed to bring her on. Uh, we had been talking back and forth the last week. She wasn't ready to make an announcement, but she finally broke through and I said that you know, let's, let's make it happen and uh, so she's uh, grateful that she's able to come in and, and chat about us uh, about the Titans of Catero and what she's doing there as a project that's very cool 
Yeah, man, I, was, I thought that was good. that's great. I mean, you know, in time, you can see the progress with that, and just you know, uh, having that group together, I just we're looking forward to seeing what they do um, and how they're going to make things happen next season. So we'll definitely keep our eyes out on them. So let's bring in Salty here because she's in the house now. Salty, uh, what a huge moment down there in, in Mexico. Things are happening, and she's first female coach, and then we just got an opportunity to talk to her about, you know, her goal is obviously to represent her country again and then eventually maybe be coach and a world championship team. Um, and so she's kind of excited, uh, you know, for the future. And she's doing a great job there with an 8-on-8. Eight eight. She's got a 24-man squad. Uh, so a lot of things happening there in with the Titans of Querétaro in, in Mexico. Yeah, that's just crazy to me. Like, you're able to – she was able to assemble uh, an all-female coaching staff is what really got me. I mean, it's already hard enough to find coaches in the, like in the American women's league, let alone all females. So what she's done with that has just been phenomenal. And I'm really, really excited to see um, how far their, their league and how far their team goes um, in the future. And I also, I can't wait to see if um, she's able to represent her country um, on the next step. just like she was uh, talking about. Big-time wide receiver, very good contributor uh, to the national team, a big-time player. I was telling her about how, you know, she's hooked up with a lot of talented players on the national team, Andy Romero being one of the focused ones, um, as well as Dan Michelle. But there's a lot of talented players on uh, Team Mexico, just like you see, you know, the Jenkins and, and everybody else on Team USA. And and so, you know, this this uh, this national team – from what I'm gathering from conversations that I've had with various people down south, from the Lexford group, from Vic FX Mexico, from the leagues over in Yucatan, and some of the uh, leagues that are starting in Baja California. And, you know, so Mexico's literally on the feminine side and on the female uh, women's American football have completely embraced this. And they really, uh, pride-wise, they want to be top dogs at the next world championships. And their goal is to assemble as much talented all over the country to uh, put that together and to compete at that high level, which is, I mean, to me, it's just like, wow, what a goal. And they, they tasted bronze and why not have gold? Right. Exactly. That's why I was just like, it's going to be real good to see um, with all these new leagues and all these new teams and all these different countries come together to see if they can accomplish the goals that they set out for themselves. Uh, Luis, uh, quarterback-wise, a uh, lot of talented quarterbacks in Mexico now. Uh, last time I talked to them, the probably 19 talented quarterbacks when they were at the National Selection Squad in Cancun. So a lot of them are, we talked about it, 14 to 18-year-olds. So you are looking at the evolution of flag to the evolution of lingerie, and then eventually they get the full kit status. And at some point, 11 on 11 is so appealing to them. And now they have a handful from my, from my conversation with Coach Giovanni from the selection group, they have a, literally about six to eight legit quarterbacks that will compete for the three-man roster on the next national team. So he's literally excited for that. Yeah, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of upcoming talent, a lot of good uh, opportunity. Uh, that's, a, that's a young crowd. You know, in the States, it's a very mixture of ages and um, – diversified as far as the the quarterbacks that play 
in the main leagues in the U.S. So it'll be interesting to see the youth movement. almost kind of reminds you of nowadays in college where the younger quarterbacks often are really well prepared and then they can play earlier. And if they don't play, they transfer. Um, Obviously the women's game is not quite as advanced as the high school boys and the training and things like that. But it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. And, yeah, they're playing a lot of football down in Mexico, some sort of football. And that's pretty amazing. I mean, they talk about the NFL maybe having a team in London and things like that, and they always do their token games over there. Uh, In some ways, Mexico's just really advanced in the sense of teaching the game of football versus America. Of course, I read today there's more girls than ever playing high school football. So, wow, you know. Yeah, there's – there is a, a, a flag love for flag, which is uh, what they call tocho, which is flag football down south. So in Mexico, you know, for a female, besides soccer and a traditional sport, for them, uh, you know, flag football is the break level. And then they go to 11-on-11, uh, 11 11, which they've never done. But arena-style 8-on-8 eight eight, is the next level of competition. And, you know, we talked about it before. You go from flag, which is somewhat physical, then you go from, you know, lingerie style, which becomes more physical than flag. And then eventually they get addicted and they go, hey, let's just go, you know, 11 on 11 or 8 on 8 on full pads. And I think that's where the country is. And Coach Giovanni spoke to that before where the, you know, the taste for uh, full kit NFL style kind of drives them. And then eventually you get to that level where they're playing arena football consistently, which is 8 on 8. And that's, that's what they've been playing for, I don't know, 40-something years. Really, the next level is what FXX Mexico has done, which is created the Masters Division, which is 11-11 squads, which here in the States is traditional for us to play 11-11, but for them it is not. So that's what they're building towards because they want to obviously compete at that world stage. Well, and I like – I think flag has so, so many benefits, just so many benefits because you don't have to deal with the hitting – and the tackling portion. And so you can and you can play any position. So it's not you know, in the States with boys and girls that join them, it's weight decided and where you can play. And so my boys always play flag. They're a little bit smaller, but they play flag for quite a while because you can learn so much about the game. So I think that's and just a lot of technique and a lot of finesse and strategy and things like that. Then for them to go to the to the uh, lingerie, you know, that's just enhanced flag because I really think it's a huge jump to go from eight on eight in arena style. That's just, that's just glorified flag in my eyes, and it's very wide open and those kind of things. And so when you go to 11 on 11, you really – it's a different level of discipline. It's a different level of working together um, and technique and, and execution is just so, so – just a whole other level of advancement. And, I mean, I played years of flag, years of flag. And when I first started playing tackle, I had no idea it was going to be that hard. And it wasn't because of the tackling because I was quarterback. So it's just so different mentally. There's just so many more people on the field. It's less wide open. You've got to be precision in your spacing and your routes and just all that kind of stuff. So they're definitely – it's interesting how their traditional things have kind of taken over and how their level of progress has worked but i think hey any any football is great football i mean i love a good game of flag so 
Yeah, and I think that's where they're ex- they excel a lot, and uh, their their national team in, in the flag sense as well was very competitive in Panama uh, versus uh, all the teams in Panama for flag. So they do stage, uh, you know, internationally on the world stage you know, on the flag level, they are prominent. So now they really want to be, you know, uh, kind of a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the world stage on the tackle side. So hats off to them. Hats off to Elizabeth. Uh, Coach Giovanni out there making the project happening. And so uh, all the other uh, leagues out there, Lexfa and FX Mexico, which we follow prominently, just like we do the WFA. Um, so, um, Luis, are you bailing or are you sticking around a little longer? Uh, I got to go shortly. Okay, great. No problem. Just let me know when you're, uh, when you're heading out. Um, so uh, Salty uh, McKenzie, uh, which is our social media queen now uh, on our podcast because everybody loves her. But uh, anyways, uh, McKenzie – uh, let's talk college football. Let's go into college and everybody loves college and we haven't talked college in a while. So before we, you know, dissect, uh, NFL week eight, uh, let's do college here, Ohio state. What do we say about Ohio state at this point? Um, just like I predicted last week, they were going to get upset and they did. Although I was very surprised they got upset as badly as they did. I only had them projected upset by, about a touchdown, and they got upset by more than a touchdown. Um, to be completely honest, um, the past two years, I feel like although Ohio State is still an extreme powerhouse team and they're really not a force to be reckoned with, the past couple of years they have declined as far as their dominance in the world of women's football, or not women's football, excuse me, in college football, um, just for the plain fact that they lost to Iowa as badly as they did last year, as well as losing to Purdue this year as badly as they did as well. So I think the overall intimidation factor of the Ohio State Buckeyes is slowly starting to diminish because of those smaller, um, you know, middle-of-the-pack teams like Iowa and Purdue themselves um, being able to come and beat the brakes off of them. Troy, what does it say when they lose and we got too many teams with one loss records? Now it's now it gets pretty competitive, right? In terms of the top twenty-five. Oh, absolutely, and and this is kind of what you want in college football. I mean, you're going to have a you know maybe one or two undefeateds at the, at the end of the year, and and you know when you have that, depending upon the conference that they're in, you know you'll go ahead and you'll say they deserve to be there. I mean, you're you're also going to look at schools like UCF who are undefeated, they're ranked number 10 right now. And there's still a possibility where they can be looking on the outside, I mean, looking on the, um, on the outside, looking in rather. Um, but you know what, with Ohio State losing the way that they did, it's not really surprising. I mean, they, they've done this pretty much every year, whether it be a Michigan State or, um, or Iowa last year. But, I mean, listen, it's a tough place to play uh, when you go to Iowa City. This Purdue loss is different. Purdue is still trying to build a program. They just got a bona fide star in Rondell Moore. He's, he's only a freshman. He went ahead and dropped 170 on him, uh, 170 yards receiving. And so the problem with Ohio State is their defense. And when it comes down to it, when when teams when they start to vote for the playoffs and people to be in the playoffs, they don't take that into consideration. Is Ohio State going to be able to keep up with these teams that are juggernauts like in Alabama? Uh, you know, like a Clemson or possibly an Oklahoma. Um, and that actually may go well into their thinking. But I just think right now, strength-wise, Ohio State's really just not up to snuff as far as when you compare them to the other teams in the top ten 
and even more so in the top five. Uh, Louise, you got any thoughts on on the Ohio State thing and what what the uh, top twenty five looks like right now? Well, I expect Ohio State to bounce back big because that's what they do. That's what Urban does. Um, I still am in Notre Dame's camp. Uh, big Pac twelve game this weekend between two of the one lost teams, Oregon and Washington State. So one of them is going to have two losses, and Colorado's playing Washington. So. Colorado may be down to two losses. So the Pac-12 could be in trouble having anyone represented. Uh, there's still some big SEC games left, Alabama-LSU. Of course, Alabama-Auburn always. I don't see Alabama losing, but, uh, you know, anything could happen, I guess. Um, there's Clemson. There's three one-loss SEC teams on the other side, Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky. And Oklahoma still only has one loss. So there's a lot of great – college football left to play and I just think college football is the best it's just anything can happen any weekend um Purdue that great storyline with their that that student who had uh cancer um so anyways I still think it's up in the air I know the BCS uh or the college football rankings come out next week but anything can happen Troy is that the reason they hold off to pull this thing out and kind of give you perspective because they, they usually hold out till the end of the month, this month, because it is becoming such crunch time. And then sort of, as you go into October, it's sort of st- uh, puts people in where they stand out more, right? Well, this, and you also have a lot of teams that are in the conference play now and they're deep in the conference play. I mean, at this point in time, you start to start, you start to begin to see who teams are. Um, you know, all but injuries and things like that. But this is crunch time for the NCAA. This is around the time where you have to state your case, you know, if you are, especially if you're a one-loss team, why you should be in the playoffs. you got teams like Michigan who are, they're finally getting things right. They're undefeated in their conference. They took a loss, and this will be considered a great loss since they lost to a Notre Dame team who, by only seven points, by the way, who is excelling right now, and they're in the top five. So if you are going to take a loss, it needs to be to a top five team so that lets teams like Michigan sit in prime position. Teams like the Oklahoma Sooners, who lost to the Texas Longhorns, who are now ranked number six in the nation, that's considered what you would call a good loss because those teams, they're going to have to figure things out as they go along. And you know what? This is the crunch time. This is the time where you really want to make your moves. But it's also the time where – if you are a coach in the NCAA in the NCAA program, you are really under a lot of pressure because this is the time where you're really trying to solidify things for recruiting, for boosters, if they want to keep you there. So this is just a lot of pressure for a lot of these teams out here. Mackenzie, what do we say? Uh, it, can the SEC and the Big Ten get two teams in at this point? Would you see the scenario happening? Uh, I do. Actually, I I don't think it's as highly anticipated as other people think. But I, I see that happening. I What two teams they will be from the Big Ten, there's not really telling. Um, I know as far as the SEC, obviously Bama is top dog, and they're more than likely not going to lose a game, let's be honest. Um, with, well, considering my fandom, I'm pretty much hoping they lose a game just – for the just for the pure entertainment factor of their fan base, I'd be Tell us how you really feel about it. 
I mean, <laughs> nah. No, but as far as the Big Ten, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see the rest of how the season plays out to see if those those current one loss teams still end up having one loss or if they lose, um, you know, games that they shouldn't lose in order to, you know, try to advance their playoff um, campaign, I guess. So it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. Um, all in all, I'm excited. Uh, Troy, I mean, I what if Notre Dame? I have to kind Go of ahead. disagree that, like, I don't think right now. I, I I think when it comes to the SEC, I think all of that stuff is going to start to shake out. I mean, you got uh, Alabama and LSU uh, coming up this week, and so that's going to kind of you know change the top ten right there. You know, if LSU pulls it off, I don't see Alabama dropping that far, and then maybe you will see uh, two SEC teams, but I definitely don't think you'll see a big. A big uh, one of the Big Ten teams. You sh- you should see one of those in there. And I think the Pac-12 that that ship is kind of sunk right now. Right now, Notre Dame has the inside track to get at least one of those spots, the, one of the independent spots. And you can never really count out UCF. You never how never know how these voters are going to vote. Last year, a lot of people felt like UCF got hosed. Are they going to be able to do that two t- two years in a row? I know they have the strength of schedule issue, but UCF is a solid, viable program, and I think if you put them on the field with with some teams other than Alabama right now, I think they can hold their weight against all of those guys. So, Mackenzie, what are we watching this weekend uh, for everybody listening? What is Mackenzie drawn into this weekend? What two games are you, like, literally just focusing on with popcorn? (laughs) Loads of popcorn and loads of salt, mind you. Um, (laughs) Obviously, the Iowa the Iowa Penn State game at Penn State. Um, it's a big Big Ten matchup, huge Big Ten matchup, um, especially with Trace McSorley in the backfield for um, as quarterback for the Nittany Lions and Nate Stanley and Torn Young for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's going to be a it's going to be basically a rematch of last year's game. I have Iowa winning by three, um, just like uh, Penn State ended up winning by three last year. I'm interested to see how they how my Iowa defense covers Trace McSorley. Everybody knows Trace McSorley is a mobile quarterback. Now that he doesn't have Saquon Barkley, you can tell Penn State is missing their their power star running back from last year. Their running game has struggled, so it'll be interesting to see how Iowa puts the pressure on Trace McSorley. Um, as far as my second game, <clears throat> excuse me, it's. I'm really focused right now on uh, – oh, man, I mean, there's just so many games. I really – I'm not even sure if I can pick, but I'm I'm pro- probably going to have to go with uh, Wisconsin and uh, Northwestern. Um, Northwestern has been slowly staying steady and staying into the positive talks of the Big Ten football um, rankings as far as conference. I'm pretty sure in our conference they are number one. I'm almost positive. And Wisconsin, well, Wisconsin has just been a powerhouse team for the past three years. And I'm very interested to see how Alex Hornibrook moves around in the pocket with that with those big top four Northwestern front linemen for, for their defense. I'm very interested to see how he handles the pressure and if he's going to throw away the ball, especially with him being left-handed. It's going to be interesting because most of their pressure comes from his dominant side. So, I'm really interested to see those two games. I'm not surprised that those two games are out of the Midwest. 
It's just not shocking that you picked those two games out of the Midwest. Well, I mean, I'm kind of a homer. No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm not shocked. <laughs> um, uh, Troy, what say you? Let's see what the two games that you would uh, recommend for us to sit down with popcorn. All right, I'm going to give you two obvious games, and then I'm going to give you two sleeper games. Bear with me. Oh, wow. So, the first, the, the two obvious games that I want to see, Florida-Georgia. Listen, Georgia took it. They took a, a, a header last week. A lot of us saw that coming. A lot of us saw that, you know, they're not really that productive on the offensive side of the ball. But, listen, it doesn't get any easier. you got Florida coming in, and Florida's defense is no joke. When they come in and they're going in between the edges down in Athens, Georgia, it's going to be a all-out war. And both of those teams are really getting prepared for, are they sharpening steel right now? You're really going to have to see Alabama in the SEC championship game. That's going to be a huge matchup to watch, and I cannot wait to see how that really rolls out. The other one is Washington State at Stanford. Both of those teams kind of up and down. They have some big wins and they have some low losses. This is the time where they're going to start to separate. Washington State off that huge win last week. They didn't. A lot of people didn't think they could beat Oregon. They beat a really good Oregon team, but so did Stanford. And so now you want to see which one of these teams are going to show up. I don't know if Stanford's um, all-world running back, is, is, is he going to play in this game? We'll see if Bryce Love suits up. He's been really down this year, so he may not be the, the, you know, the horse that they thought he was going to be, but he may right now just now uh, start to get healthy. And the game that I really want, other two sleeper games, Texas, Oklahoma State. And the reason why I say this, when you when it comes down to Oklahoma State and you have Texas and you have those Big 12 matchups, these are shootouts. Erlacher, he's, yeah, Erlacher, he's coming back for Texas. He's been on some injuries. But Oklahoma State can put points on the board. Both of these teams can score a lot. And so this game can kind of go either way. This is going to be a huge matchup to see if Texas is actually back. And I know Oklahoma will be watching really closely. The other game is Notre Dame-Navy. Notre Dame is up this year big. Navy is down this year big. And this is not normal, okay? But this is on a neutral site. This is San Diego. It's right in front of the big naval base over there in San Diego. Navy plays a style of football that most people are not accustomed to, and you really have to take that in consideration anytime you're playing a team with a triple option. So Navy battles Notre Dame tooth and nail every single time. Do not keep your eyes off of this game. I'm telling you right now, Navy has what it takes to take Notre Dame all the way to the end, and they they may even win that game. But I'm really looking forward to watching that game at 8 o'clock, Navy against Notre Dame. So you guys have it right there, scenarios for and what will happen and what to look for this weekend. So we're looking forward to, I believe it's week nine almost in college football. So pretty exciting. I never used to follow college football. And then you guys, you know, specifically Troy got me into this. And, and now it's kind of like I got to, like, defend it against the wife. What what are you doing? What are, what are you looking at? I'm like, well, nothing, nothing. And I am. I'm looking at everything. It's just sad. But. You know, I mean, I can't get away with it anymore. I was like, I get caught. So, anyways, uh, I'll have to blame you, Troy, for it. So, if, if I get divorced, yeah, there it is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to week eight. Uh, Mackenzie, uh, we were talking NFL before uh, you came on. But before we go into week eight here, a New England gets their first road win of the year. 
and uh, 38-31 against uh, Trubisky and company, and they played pretty well, but just not enough to beat Brady. Then you had the Colt run game running all over Buffalo, which uh, with all the injuries they've had lately, that's I, I don't know if that's surprising or if that's a good thing for them because I think they had a, what, 220-yard rusher or rushing game, so that's good. And then under the radar, McKenzie, are the Chargers something we're not looking at? Oh, well, as far as the Chargers are concerned, they're, I feel like they're a sleeper team. They have been, they've been on the, the up and coming again um, the past couple of years, but I feel like this season is going to be a breakout season for them if they keep doing what they're doing and don't stray away from the playbook and not to stray away from their, their current strategy. I'm not sure what's in the water down there in San Diego, but they need to keep drinking it because they look good. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, you're going to have miscues all over the place, but that's typical with any sport. Rivers puts up 306 yards, two TDs, uh, a 137.7 passing rating. So the same to you, Troy. Are we overlooking the Chargers in L.A. because they just don't matter because of the Rams being so good? Yes, we're overlooking the Chargers. And, and listen, <laughs> this, this is not even new news to me. The only reason the L.A. Chargers have been overlooked all of this time is because every single year, they lead the league in injuries. And it's not any different this year. It's just that most of the injuries right now happen on the defensive side of the ball, and some of those guys are starting to come back. The Chargers are definitely on the rise. but it's, And this is one of the first times where you can sit back and say, the L.A. Chargers have started to winning games in the beginning of the year instead of winning games at the end of the year when they don't matter. And so now, right, they have put themselves in position to be right behind the Kansas City Chiefs. And don't sleep on that. They've already lost to the Chiefs once this year. But the Chargers are a division opponent. They know the Chiefs. They know them very well. So don't be surprised if on that rematch and that rubber match when these guys go against each other, don't be surprised if the Chargers come out on top of that. I really like the way that they play with Phillip Rivers back there. Uh, Terrell Williams, he's stepping up as a deep threat, big, big wide receiver. You and and you already got uh, Gordon out there running the ball. He's he's a threat. He's a double threat. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he stays in on on passing situations. You got Eckler. You got a smorgasbord of talent on that side of the ball. I'm not surprised at all with the Chargers. I've just been surprised in the last few years that they haven't been as good of a team. So I'm happy to see them being a, a more viable franchise at this point. L.A. in itself as a town has become a football town. Let's just get USC back on the horse, man. So we got to get L.A. back great again. Let's do that. I made a phone call to UCLA, but I got no answer. So you know how that goes. That, too. I forgot UCLA. Oh, my God, man. Get it together. Come on, L.A. We got you, man. (laughs) Uh, Mackenzie, (laughs) the Texans have run four straight in a row. What do you say about the Texans? Well, here's my natural salt because I'm naturally a Texan Taylor because I'm a Dallas fan. But since we're, you know, not being salty right now, um, Tell I'm us how you really feel. not surprised. <laughs> I look, you know, I have to keep it 100. Okay. Um, all in all, I'm actually not surprised. I am not surprised at all that the Texans have, have, you know, won four straight. Because, um, you know, after Deshaun Watson went down last year, I kind of figured he was going to come back with a vengeance as far as making up 
for lost time with him being out. You know, that J.J. Watt is seemingly to be healthy. I figured as well, as far as the defensive side of the ball was concerned, they were going to start doing damage. And, well, I mean, four wins straight pretty much says it all. Mackenzie, is the Mayfield uh, honeymoon over for the Cleveland Browns? No, no, not no, no, not even close. I mean, and I actually can't believe I'm willingly admitting this, but I do like Lisa Baker Mayfield. I really do. Um, She's one of those quarterbacks that you don't find um, every draft year as far as him being able to step into that QB1 position fresh out of college after a couple games. Um, preseason games after a couple games of, you know, watching Terod Taylor and then Terod Taylor gets hurt. Baker Mayfield steps in and now the Cleveland Browns are suddenly relevant again, which is kind of strange to say. I mean, obviously, if you follow the NFL, you you know that the Cleveland Browns have not been relevant for umpteen years and then some. So watching, being able to watch Baker Mayfield and how the Browns have just slowly come together to form a football team now is phenomenal. And I frankly think anybody that plays them, including the Cowboys this year, are going to have a rough time. Baker Troy, Mayfield. losing by three, losing by three in overtime just got to hurt those Browns. It, you know what? It doesn't. I'm trying to tell you it doesn't because the Cleveland Browns are a viable <laughs> football team right now. They don't care that they – I mean, they really wanted to win that game. Let's not be let's not be crazy here. But they are they are not upset right now. Baker Mayfield will never have to pay for another drink his whole life in, in Cleveland. I'm telling you right now, he is a superstar. He has that town wrapped around his finger. And they're on the right track. I just hate the fact that you're hearing stuff about Jackson possibly being fired. Give that man a chance. You already had this man go through hell win one game out of 32 in the past few years, and now they've actually come back. They started to win some games. They were behind big in that game also. A lot of people don't realize that. I mean, they were, you know, at halftime it was uh, 23-2. Baker Mayfield helped bring that team all the way back. And so, listen, they are happy. And they, they took that in the overtime. They are happy with Baker Mayfield. They are happy with what they have there. All they have to do is get over the hump. They know next year also they're going to have a nice little uh, draft cash of more picks since they traded a lot of these guys away. They are sitting really in a good position right now. All they have to do is, is compete this year and get that fan base behind them that was already behind them. And come next year when they draft some more younger players and then you also got some veterans that want to come over there, they'll be the new Jacksonville Jaguars of last year. They'll be that team in 2019. You heard it here first from me. Mackenzie, uh, I want to just say this right now: Is it is it just are the Lions just teasing their fans? They won, they win, they lose, they win, they lose. I mean, they beat Miami this this week. I mean, what do we say of Detroit? Like this up and down roller coaster. Um, here's what we say about Detroit: It's the typical uh, new head coach face. You know, you get a new head coach, so probably some new coaching staff with that said head new coach. Um, so essentially there's going to be that adjustment phase period where, you know, you guys are the team itself and, um, the team itself and the players are still 
trying to adjust to the coaching style. The coaches are trying to adjust to how they play. So it's it's going to be kind of rocky for probably the entire the entire rest of the season, if I'm being honest. Um, Troy, what do we say of the Gruden era, the beginning of the second Gruden era, and now we get Amari to Dallas, Khalil to Chicago. Uh, yes. If you're a Raider fan, you gotta like you want to just give the middle finger to this guy now. Uh, uh, okay, so <laughs> John Gruden <laughs> is he he's acting like a guy who's who has a ten year, hundred million dollar contract. Oh my bad, he does. So what he's doing <laughs> is is he saying. The hell with all this other stuff. We're not going to win anything this year. Everyone is for sale. Everyone is for sale. So now what he has is in the next two years, he has three first-round draft picks. He's got three in the first round next year. So you wonder what they're going to do with those guys. Are they going to start packaging picks kind of like Cleveland Browns did? Are they going to pick all three of those guys? I mean, you got to start worrying about salary cap stuff there. Either way you look at it, the Raiders are sitting in a good position. The bad thing is is that they are wasting their last few years in Oakland. And so the fan base there is not going to be happy with the moves that this guy is making. So right now, especially looking how Khalil Mack has done, I'm pretty sure Amari Cooper, once he gets you know involved in the offense, we'll see how they use him in Dallas. I don't know. It's kind of hard to see. I mean, he's a top five talent but he hasn't shown all that on the field. We'll see if John Gruden is a savant, is a true football genius, or if this guy is just winging it right now. Because honestly, right now, it looks like he's winging it. But, you know, when it comes to the future, it does look pretty good for them, especially all the picks that they have stockpiled for the future. And so we'll see how it looks in the draft next year. And they need a lot of people. They need a lot of players in a lot of key positions especially on the defense, because they can't stop anyone right now. Mackenzie, you think the city of Oakland just said, get the hell out now? After all these moves, <laughs> we're not going to do anything yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, just, I mean, you pretty just, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I kind of understand. I want to understand it. But, man, that's that's just hard to, this, this, oh, man. Oh, he's gonna have. He, like I said, he's he's lucky he has job security. He's lucky he has. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, My next door neighbor, he's 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 on oxygen. He's a Raider fan, so it's it's hurting him bad this year. Can't blame him. Can't blame. I mean, I know a lot of Raider yeah. fans, man. You know, it's 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 funny how like Raider fans are really scarce right now on social media. You don't see a whole lot of black and white pictures out there. You don't see a whole lot of Raiders here. But so they got to be – they're a little bit of hiding right now. But you, know, you can't really blame them. Nobody knows what the heck their coach is doing. They got the Colts coming in uh, next week. We'll see how that looks. This new look, um, Oakland offense. And then now it's, it's reports where they're saying the, the car has lost the locker room ever since they showed the pictures of him crying after he got hit. This is just it's just a mess right now in Oakland, man. So who knows what's gonna happen with this team, man. They gotta get it together though, one way or the other. I told my neighbor he can take down that commitment to excellence banner he's had since the seventies because it's no longer applies. But I just had to do it. I just had to do it, just the way it is. 
Yeah, I mean, look, Raiders fans are proud fans, man, but it's kind of hard to find something to be proud of at this moment. They they look really bad. I mean, really bad. Mackenzie, let's talk about Washington versus New York coming up here in week eight. The Giants, uh, I don't know, they're, they're, they're talented, but um, Washington in first place up in the NFC East, which kind of makes you not happy, but, hey, they've, yeah. They're not off. You're not off by that much, right? I mean, you're only off by a game or so. Well, let's put it this way. Oh God, here comes some salt. So beware, okay? And I'm not holding back. Don't hold back, cause you got a you got a Redskins fan on here too. So just make sure you understand. <laughs> well, I feel sorry for you. Look, I'm not even gonna lie. Washington got lucky. Let Let's be honest. Washington got lucky. Y'all got lucky. Okay. A win's a win. That's what he said. I don't even care. A win's a win. I don't care. All right. Y'all got lucky because by no look by no means did the Dallas Cowboys play a bad game. Dak was balling. Zeke was balling. Cole Beasley was balling. It was wonderful. But you know, there's this there's this unfortunate person on my team named Jason Garrett who doesn't make uh, in game adjustments during halftime. So. That's part of the reason why y'all won. So don't act like y'all actually beat us with talent, because the only talented I think person I, I think on your team is Adrian Peterson. Mackenzie, I think uh, they would take Jason Garrett in Oakland right now. They can have him. We don't want him. <laughs> Adrian Peterson is 33 years old, and Zeke Elliott is 22, and he completely outrushed him. So you got to take your hat off to that Washington Redskins defense because this is the same defense that they looked really good last year against Oakland on that Monday night game. And people were looking like, who, who, who is this? Is this, this the Redskins? Because, listen, the Redskins have not had this forte for defense for a long time. They have finally held their defense. And they look strong in pretty much every position. They're, they were down their starting quarterback. Um, uh, you know, Quentin Dunbar didn't play this last game. We put in a second-year guy out there. He got beat in the double movement. He came back. He played strong the rest of the game. That's what the Redskins are doing. They're running the ball, and they're playing defense. It looks kind of like Stanford plays football, kind of like how Michigan plays football. They play smash-mouth offense and play with the defense. This is not like your typical NFL uh, team this in, in this day and age. But I will tell you what, this is the type of team where if they can continue playing with the defensive effort that they have and and running the football the way that they do, this is where you want them in prime position for playoff football because when the cold weather comes around, that's the type of stuff that it gets you through. So I want to see how they, you know, manifest themselves during the the year, but I really love the way my boys look there. If we did get a little bit yeah, no, y'all got lucky. Ain't, ain't, ain't no little bit. Ain't no you gonna take it. It is what it is. Okay. So here's here's the real deal. Let's let's, let's here's the real deal. Y'all have plenty of chances nope, to of that. make that no, dirty no, game. No, 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 no. Ain't none of that going on here today. Okay. No. This is how it's going down. Y'all got lucky. Okay. Jason Garrett's a terrible coach. That's why y'all won. If y'all can actually stop. Saquon Barkley, then I might 
decide if y'all are formidable defense right now. It's not. Y'all just got lucky because of Jason Garrett's screw up, which is not typical. So are they going to get lucky early. against the G Man? Are they going to get lucky against the G Man? No, are they going to just take care of the If they can uh, contain Saquon Barkley, which I don't actually see happening, and not because I'm salty, so don't think that. But I just don't think. I think that Saquon Barkley is alone by himself is too powerful for y'all front line. I'm not even going to lie. That's not salt. That's not anything. That's me doing the eye test with your defense against Saquon Barkley and what he's done to other offenses and defense. So. So is your favorite sea salt or Morton's or Lawrence? I'm partial to sea salt. Thank you. It's healthier. <laughs> Troy, it feels like we're having Kishi back, doesn't it? Just feels like Enkishi all over again. You know what? Enkishi was is bad enough that she's aware, but you know she she comes. It's just but you know, all Cowboy fans are the same. They come in. Whoa! Whoa! Time out. Nope. Oh, no. See, you <laughs> that. First be. of all, nope. They That's haven't been. Re- I'm a rational so it's just like they expect to win, and I'm like, who who told you that you guys were like a great franchise? But they haven't won since 1996, but they think that they're going to win these games, and it's just like it's fun to listen to, it's fun to watch. You oh, know, is it? I mean, because last time I checked, y'all weren't exactly a winning franchise either. Yeah, I know. Um, that, if we you know being you're correct right, here, you're right. But I know, you know I'm right. That's why is. I said it. We 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 know that though. See, y'all don't seem to like grasp that, you know, that part of reality. It's like cowboy fans think we are. Where's Troy Aikman? He's not coming through that locker room. He's not coming. Oh, in. see, and I don't. I'm. Yeah, see, that's where you got you got life messed up, homie. Because I am not a Troy Aikman fan by any means of the sort. Secondly, I'm a rational Cowboys fan. Most Cowboys fans you run into are not rational. I am a rational Cowboys fan. Like I don't think we're gonna win the Super Bowl every year. We we gotta we gotta like this is, this is so much fun. This is so much fun. Uh, that's why I love Mackenzie. She's like totally all right. Um, she is the first Cowboys fan I've run into that has said we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. There are Cowboy fans right now. They're saying we are the best team in the NFL. They haven't won on the road this entire season. So it's just like, all okay, right, okay. whoever you talk to should be slapped. Wow. Mackenzie, because of Block Talk Radio policy, we cannot advocate violence against other fans. Just no, Look, I'm just, just saying, you know, just if you're outside of this radio station, that should be highly considered. This cowboy um, fan. That is. I'm just kidding. If it's one Cowboys fan to another, that's okay. It's just not against yeah, another no, fan. It'll so be me they're Cowboys. To... <laughs> I can't. All right. So we, we've deci- we've decided after all this conversation that the Redskins will beat the Giants. Is that where we're getting? Yes. <laughs> I'm saying the Redskins beat the Giants, but it's not going to be easy. The Giants. They're not a good team, but they're still dangerous, man. I mean, listen, McKenzie just brought up the one guy that I'm worried about, Saquon Barkley. Okay, so he is the he's the X factor because he's that other guy you have to worry about. 
for years it's been Odell Beckham and Eli Manning. And listen, the Redskins have played well against both of those guys uh, over the years. Odell has made some huge catches. I mean, if you look at a lot of his highlight films, a lot of them against the Redskins. But guess what? When it comes down to it, especially when they've, you know, when they've come down here, we played them pretty well. The problem we have with them is playing them up there, and that's the issue. We do, the Redskins do not play well in my stadium. It has been known like that since the Gibbs days. So that's the one thing that gives me pause. The other thing is Alex Smith has been okay. We've been relying on Adrian Peterson this entire season, okay? At some point, your quarterback is going to have to win a game, and it may come this week. You know, so if if the Redskins can stick with their game plan, they can run the football, and, you know, the Giants are strong on the the front seven. That's that's their strength right there. Uh, They're missing some pieces at, at the cornerback position, so maybe that's a place they can attack. But if the Redskins can run the football, they can limit the turnovers on offense. I really like their chances, but this is by no means at all an easy game. The Giants are dangerous. They are dangerous right now. And Vegas knows it too because the Redskins are right now only a one-point favorite to win that game. They know that this, this line stinks right there. So, you know, if the Redskins can take advantage of that offensive line because their offensive line is trash. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm usually not that bad on people, but their offensive line is terrible. So they can take advantage of that because the Redskins right now are one of the top five defenses in the NFL. If they can do that, I like the Redskins chance. Mackenzie, what do you say, Kansas City? No, what do you say about Kansas City? Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, even with the Giants getting rid of Eric Flowers, their offensive line is still terrible. I just had to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, we agree on that. I mean, I think that's that's the case right there. For, uh, but you know what? I think Washington, this is a game like uh, he's saying – this could be a game where they lose because Giants could surprise. So it's and then it's an NFC East matchup with all teams really tight right now. So that's kind of crucial. Um, Mackenzie, let's go to Kansas City. Denver is this is this something that you think uh, Denver can? I mean, they went up with three points against the Rams, which is high powered. Do you think Denver has a shot against Kansas City? Is my question. Do you want me to be really honest? Let's be honest because I don't want you to lie on this show. Okay, I don't think they have a chance at all. Even with having Von Miller um, as one of their top rushers in the league and on. Yeah, Case Keenum, the, uh, Case Keenum the hero. I, the hero. Let me stop. Um, no, no, I don't. I don't foresee them having a, having a chance. Patrick Mahomes okay. is going to light apart their secondary, and it's going to be very fun to watch. All right, so you're taking the Chiefs. That's what you're telling us right now. Chiefs, Hunt, By Mahomes. 14. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that'll be even more than that probably if they get going. But So that'll be why the game there. Go ahead, Katroy. Why, does, why doesn't Kareem Hunt get mentioned around the best front of backs in the NFL? This dude I don't know. Is it... Nobody talks about this kid. He's, he's Honestly, he's a top three running back in the NFL. I put him behind Gurley, um, and I will also put him behind maybe Ezekiel Elliott. Other than that, to me, maybe. <laughs> Did you guys agree with that or no? 
because it sounds like something happened. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> no, I can agree. Um, all right. Um, what do we say of Aaron Rodgers taking on Jared Goff and uh, the Niners making that mistake of giving Aaron Rodgers two minutes? Do you think the Rams will make the same mistake or not, Troy? Uh, well, listen, Rams right now, they are a buzzsaw, man. They're a juggernaut. Um, the Packers, their defense, they've been having problems on defense. Aaron Rodgers is not healthy. I don't think it's any way that the Packers stay up with the Rams. I think this is going to be one of those games where you're going to have the media start talking about a change in the guard and things like that. I'm still not going to put Jared Goff on Aaron Rodgers' level. Jared Goff is having an MVP-type season right now. He's still not Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, uh, but you're going to have a lot of that talk during this game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think it's one of those games where people are going to tune in and watch. Um, I think that is the 4 o'clock game on, on Fox, so that's going to be, you know, must-watch TV. But I think that the, the Rams are going to win this game easily because the Packers are just not going to be able to slow that offense down, not at all. Mackenzie, let's go with New Orleans, uh, Minnesota. It's could it Breeze, Cousins, Breeze coming off of his, you know, historic beating all 32 teams. Uh, this this NFC uh NFC South, we talked about Carolina, Atlanta, the Saints, Tampa Bay. So this is kind of a must-win technically for the Saints to kind of branch themselves out in a way. And Minnesota really desperately needs this win because if they want to stay toe-to-toe in that North Division. This see this game. Uh, I'm on the edge with this game, on the fence. Um, if I have to pick. I have to go with Minnesota because I feel like they're going to want to stay relevant in that North Division conversation. So I feel like Kirk Cousins also has a lot of making up to do as far as some of the mental mistakes he's made, some of the mental mistakes that his receivers and running backs have made. So it's going to be interesting to see how Minnesota's defense especially handles Drew Brees and the fact that he has a gunslinger's arm, and when he gets going, he is very hard to stop, even with putting pressure on him. Drew Brees is a mobile quarterback, and he does not get credit for being a mobile quarterback because he doesn't quite have to be as mobile as people think. But I feel like Minnesota's defense will be able to test that if they can lock and load in focus for the game at hand. Troy, is are the Texans go on five-game winning streak? This week, are they, are they going to take care of Miami on Thursday? You know what? The the Texans are kind of flying under the radar, and I think it's because Deshaun Watson is not having the season that many thought he would. I mean, he really looks like he's still kind of recovering from the injury. But in the meantime, you got a guy like Lamar Miller who's also flying under the radar. Um, he's kind of taking up the charge. But the key for that game is, is DeAndre Hopkins. To me, he's the best wide receiver in football. He doesn't get enough due. Um, and then J.J. Watt, quietly having a huge season. He's already up to seven sacks already. The dude is just an animal. He's back. Um, I like the way that defense plays. They need a little bit of help on the secondary, but now they got Andre Howe back from being from, um, – Healing back from uh, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So they're getting a little shot of energy with their defensive guys coming back. And I really like what the Texans are starting to do right now. I really hope that Deshaun Watson can get back on track because last year he looked more like an MVP. This year he looked 
kind of a rookie. So I'm hoping this is just, you know, a little bit of the second year or sophomore jinx right now going on with him. Um, but I like the way the Texans play. The Dolphins, surprisingly, at 4-3. and three. But they're going to be missing some defensive players. Cameron Wake may not play in this game. So, and, and the Texans are playing at home. So I really like the Texans in this matchup here just because, especially with the defense, and, um, you know, Vegas is leaning on them pretty hard at seven and, and a half uh, points. So I'm really going to go ahead and take the Texans here. I don't think it will be much of a close match. Oh, and Tannehill is not playing also. So that that's also another thing. Yeah, and it's just those are the key games that are going to happen this weekend, week nine. We look forward to that. Um, did the Cowboys get a bye this week, Mackenzie, or no? Um, I don't believe so. Cowboys are on a bye this week. They need to sleep pretty good. They need a lot of rest, a lot of sleep. Okay, there you go. They get a bye this a week. A lot of yeah. sleep? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot deal with you right now. No, don't deal with Troy right now. You only got 15 minutes oh, more to deal with him, so you're good. Oh, um, what is that? Oh, <laughs> oh now you got to start. Now you got to, Troy. Now you got to start because right after the, the podcast, she's gonna go right on her uh, social media frenzy and stuff, and Listen, she's gonna get all her. When I was growing up, I, I was growing up as a kid, right? I would get in trouble, and my grandmother. I see why. Mom, they would. <laughs> They would they would beat me. I would get spankings, and that would be the best sleep that I ever get. You know, that's that's the best sleep you ever get when you're a kid. And so I just think that's a little bit with the Cowboys, man. It's got to get a little bit of sleep. You know, rest up well, a little see, bit. Well, see, in order to get good sleep from a spanking, somebody would have had to get spanked, and the Cowboys definitely <laughs> didn't get spanked. Mackenzie, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still on this game. I think we went over that already. We're, we're good already. I don't think he's. <laughs> I just I digress. I digress. Of course, you digress. <laughs> um, I, 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 and, and no more and no more slapping Redskins fans from you. Okay, we don't want to hear that anymore. Just Cowboys fans only. Okay, that's hey, fine. Hey, I, I did no, want to say something about that Saints Vikings game. Um, a, a couple things. That's the rematch of that playoff game, and you know what. Neither one of those teams are really going to forget that game for a long time. I know the Saints are still pissed off. They're, they're thinking about that in their dreams. And they would love nothing more than to come into the Vikings Stadium and beat their ass on their own home field, the same place where they really were celebrating on the side knowing they were going to play to the, you know, to the championship game. And so the Saints are coming in that game motivated. But the Vikings are also motivated. Kirk Cousins, they gave him this big contract at the beginning of the year. A lot of people felt like, you know, they may be overpaid for it. He's starting to look like an MVP candidate himself, being number two in the NFL in passing. And then you also got guys like Adam Thielen, who right now, you know, despite, you know, whatever, any other accolades you can throw around to anyone else, he looks like he may be the best wide receiver in football. So he's starting to put his name in that kind of argument. And now also the Vikings get back Everson Griffin. He's been off the entire year. He had to get some mental health uh, issues. He's back. That defense is starting to look much better than they have in the beginning of the year. They may be putting it together. So the Vikings may be primed for a run here. Um, but also you got to factor in, like I said, the Saints lost that game 
last year. So that's going to be a huge Sunday night tilt. To me, that is the biggest game of this weekend. I really want to see how what's going to happen after this. Are the Vikings going to go down four, three, and one, and kind of fall behind, um, you know, the Bears, or are the Saints going to continue this buzzsaw run that they have right now, being five and one, and they've just been running through teams the last few weeks? Huge matchup. I cannot wait to see that one. That's going to be a great matchup. All right, guys, let's go into the uh, women's games and recaps. Internationally in Costa Rica, the Bulldog Flames, uh, week two, 40-0 against Valkyrias. You can check out the interview on the for the Valkyrias, courtesy of Radio Deportes, PS. Get the uh, information there. Week three, as it gets updated, we will get you in the loop. So far, uh, the Bulldogs are 2-0. and The Valkyrias are 0-2, and then the Goddesses are 1-1. So uh, check out the hub at facebook.com forward slash great Iron beauties. If you're missing out on anything like that, go there, keep stay in the loop on everything that happened internationally, as well as FXX Mexico, uh, football extremo feminine. Uh, we have week three also, and you had the uh, Jaguars displayed an offensive showing with a 42, 24 win over Delfinas in the top uh, extraordinaria league, which is division one. And then you also had Raiders uh, Arboletas taking on the Lobos de Toluca, which uh, Lobos de Toluca is coming off the Masters division win of last year in the 11-11 format. And this year they're playing the 8-on-8 so far, and they're probably going to play 11-11 in spring as well. So Lobos de Toluca has got the big win of these two undefeated teams. It was a marquee matchup in FX uh, Mexico, which is football extremo femenil. And the uh, Lobos get the 37-26 victory to remain undefeated. Get the highlights there from Raiders uh, Alboletas uh, from the photos that happened off the matchup. The Extraordinarias week two results, 37-26, as we just said, Toluca defeats uh, Raiders Alboletas. And then you had Jaguars 42-24 taking off Delfinos. Uh, And then the Amazonas fall to the Sharks, 19-7. You can also get the highlights there from the Sharks. Um, via the Sharks Feminile Equipada. And then you're also, uh, check out the video at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauty. Check out the video that the underdogs out of the Italian league partnering with Lit of Bologna to fight uh, breast cancer. So you can help them out there. Uh, Anybody in Italy that wants to contribute can go to the uh, site link there and you can learn uh, how to help to preventive maintenance. Um, And also you have the video made by um, the talented um, Nasica Del Roto of the uh, Italian League as well. So she did a pretty good job there. The final of the 2008 Czech Republic uh, Women's Championship will happen November 4th, 2018, as Brno Amazons will host the fourth year of the Rose Bowl. Brno Amazons will defend the title against Prague Blackhawks. It's a rematch of last year. Prague looks to upset here. The Amazons look, have looked good all year, so they're trying to uh, – the Cats trying to break the uh, winning streak here for the Amazons. Um, so that's going to happen on November 4th. It's a very, very awesome game, 8-on-8 eight eight as well in that format. It is the Bitters Rose Bowl 4. That's going to happen on November 4th. You've got um, the latest happenings in uh, basically the female aspect of girls' youth football. A couple articles of, by Max Preps up there. You also have some articles from philly.com. And then we also have uh, in Russia, 
There is a, tur- a women's camp tournament happening in January of 2017. Team USA uh, coach uh, John Fer- uh, Jim Farrell and the coaching staff of Team USA will attend that event. It is the Russian Women's Open Camp event in St. Petersburg, January 26th to the 27th of 2019. Be interested in there. The article is there. Uh, we also had an article on the talented kicker, Alexa Carcel. Check it out there. You can actually link it up. And it was by uh, 5280.com. Um, we have Scrimmage TV out of Italy that gets you the highlights and the recap of week two, which was the United versus the uh, White Tigers of Massa. Uh, and that was a 13-6 victory by United Lazio. So you can get the recap there on our Facebook page as well. And then thanks to Sarah Buella, who uh, was networking with us, and she's got the highlights from White Tigers versus United as well onto the page. So if you're not at Gridiron Beauties on Facebook, you're missing out on everything that's happening in the women's game um, all together. And congratulations, a cool article by Shop Black USA on former All-Fantasy Legends Football League star and Women's Football Alliance All-Star Mary Rose Roach featured in that on her law firm and her professional excellence. So that was a pretty awesome article, and uh, it was featured by Chop Black. So Mary Rose Roach, one of the uh, historic, talented individuals in the uh, women's American football in the U.S. on both styles of play, pretty awesome. And then we had the article on Amanda Sheps uh, about her high school uh, contribution and her wins there, uh, courtesy of WITN.com. And uh, week action, week three action over in Gridiron West in the women's league, the Rottenham Vipers. Won a tough uh, bruising encounter. They defeated the Curtin Saints 22-6. to So the, uh, they're now 2-1 and one for the season. Both teams get a bye week uh, this coming week. Um, as the uh, Saints are 1-1, and one, will face the champion Perks Blitz, who are undefeated 2-0. and oh, While the Vipers will look to a 3-1 and one clash versus the West Coast uh, Wolverines, who are 0-1 oh on November 3rd. So that was the recap there for Gridiron West. Um, in Gridiron Queensland, there was a cancellation weekend because of weather. So week 10, uh, coming up on the 27th, it will be the uh, Gold Coast Stingrays. We'll be taking on Bayside Ravens. We're looking at Griffith Thunder taking on the Moreton Bay Raptors. Uh, the, in Gridiron, New South Wales, it was the Ack Diamonds this weekend uh, defeating the Northwest Phoenix, which was a great accomplishment by them. Ack Diamonds 20-0 to zero, defeated the Phoenix. Uh, we are going to get the update on UTS versus Sydney as it comes up. So, you guys, um, if you're not at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, you're missing out on everything that's happening in the women's game. Uh, so head on there, share our stories, uh, like our post, all that good stuff. And so uh, we are really appreciative. And uh, congratulations to all of our network partners that continue to support us with information, posts, and everything else that's happening in the game. The other uh, matchup that's going to come up in November is going to be the Brazilian National Championship, and that's going to be November 4th. Um, um, I'm sorry, November 4th. The playoffs will start on in November, and that'll be Sinope, Brasilia, uh, and, and then Rio de Janeiro versus Curitiba. We'll get you updated as soon as that happens as well. Um, so a lot of action happening overseas, including the uh, Dacia Vikings, their victory overseas. Um, so they're still in the lead in the Austria League as well. So, uh, you guys, a lot of action happening overseas. That's uh, pretty awesome. There's women's football pretty much everywhere globally now. But, And then we haven't even talked about Mexico. Lexpa will update as we get this week going. 
FX Mexico we just updated, um, and there's a live uh, update that's going to uh, basically come up. And you also get the updates from the uh, other leagues in Mexico that are non-full kit as well. So, Mackenzie, just a, a lot of football. And uh, if you didn't know it, girls do play football. You know, I'm pretty sure I figured out that girls play football, uh, you know, once or twice in my life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, girls are playing football. It is a thing. It's a great thing. And it will continue to be a great thing. So. Fortunately, we get that all the time on our uh, direct message boards. Like, nobody realizes that there's obviously, you know, women and girls that play uh, football globally now. Um, if you got, If you want to get on a team, the WFA is your place to go, especially in the U.S., the largest league in the U.S. That is the, the Women's Football Alliance. So you can go to WFAProFootball.com. You can go to the link there for each team, by uh, I believe, by um, state as well. And you can get the information there, email and everything else. So if you want to get on a squad for 2019 like McKenzie in Iowa, you need to go to WFAProFootball.com. And the season's kind of coming uh, approaching really fast, right, McKenzie? you got – tryouts now before you know it, it'll be february and then all of a sudden we got kickoff yeah and it's it's actually very overwhelming not gonna lie especially because with college season starting once college season starts most most of the women's teams know they need to start work, start working out because towards november you know people try to start getting in the gym try to start doing team conditioning stuff like that then right right about the start of the new year is when you know, team practices start, um, all the logistical stuff, and then season starts March, April, right in there. So it's coming quick. And you also have the USWSFL as well as the um, WNFC. WNFC. WNFC announces their 2019 schedule. It's posted on our Facebook page. Check it out. Uh, we'll go into detail next week on it in terms of the matchups and what's looking forward to for the 2019 uh, season. The WFA schedule usually doesn't come out until like uh, 30 days, 60 days out before April. So we'll be waiting for that as well and see what key matchups are there. Congratulations and uh, sad to announce that Birmingham Lions uh, great and Great Britain national team member uh, Hannah Pye announced uh, via uh, Facebook that she decided to retire from the sport. One of the key components on the Great Britain Lions team uh, that also went to Vancouver to play out there uh, with Elizabeth and the Mexican national team as well, and the Team USA and the great event there. So number 82 announces her retirement. So congratulations to her and uh, great player all the way around. A lot of a lot of good comments on our Facebook posts, especially from uh, Phoebe Sketzler as well, who's one of her uh, teammates. So uh, she's obviously retiring at this point from the sport and a and a very pioneering key person over in. Uh, UK for the women's game as well. Uh, the Dragon Ladies uh, matchup, uh, they win 38-6 to six against the Schwartz Hammers. Uh, like I said before, Dacia pretty much in the lead in that, and you get the video there of the full game uh, via Dragons Ladies on our Facebook page as well. You got action in the uh, LEFL as well, and that's part of Yarda 20 on our Facebook page. So go to the hub, facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, pretty much get the rundown there as what's happening in the game. Don't forget to t- go to Twitter at Gridiron Beauty. Hang out with me, Mackenzie, and everybody else Monday night, Sunday night, and also Thursday night. And we have some fun there with the rest of the crowd that's uh, watching football. There are 
our turf awesome crowd that we get along with the Vax football guru as well. Um, so you guys, that's pretty much it. Um, what a show. We got uh, Lisbeth uh, Madrigal Leon, one of the top uh, players in Mexico and on the national team, one of the prominent wide receivers and a bronze national champion coming in here talking uh, about her new venture, which is an all female uh, squad over in Querétaro with the Titans and her uh, being the head coach there as well on the eight on eight arena style team. So Mackenzie, that's a huge, uh, you know, huge thing. And it's, I think it's about to take off not just in Mexico, but at some point it will take off everywhere as well, because it's kind of necessary in that way. She, like she said, who better to coach women's, uh, um, you know, tackle football than women themselves. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like we said before, you know, it's, it's always a better thing when women can coach women doing women things. Not, not, not that having male coaches is bad because I've had plenty of them and most of the male coaches that I have had are phenomenal, but just for the sake of it being a female based sport in this instance, it's, you know, having women coaching women is an excellent thing. All right. So Troy, um, I, what do you, what do you say? College football is going to be in the mix NFL in the mix. Uh, we had Liz Beth here. What a great show. You guys going back and forth with uh, Washington and Cowboys, you know, uh, intangibles there. Can't, couldn't ask for more better show today. So 245, pretty epic. And so, uh, Mackenzie, thanks for being salty. We always appreciate it. Well, I mean, what's a good podcast without salt, you know? That's true. You're right. You're completely right. Um, so uh, we know what you're made of. Nobody has to know, but you know, and everybody knows now. So if you follow Mackenzie, you know what she's all about. So we're all, we're awesome. Follow me on she's Twitter awesome. at Mackie T 75 for all your weekly salt. <laughs> I follow you on Facebook. Cause it's a lot, a lot nicer to watch you on video. It's just the way it is. You I know, do. sometimes my, my salt videos are very entertaining. I'm not going to lie. They, they are very entertaining. You're very popular, by the way, just so you know. Hey, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I just had such a great weekend. You know, Michigan beat Michigan State, Ohio State losing, you know, the Redskins winning and then beating the the, the Hanks Brower Cowboys. I just had a great week, man. So, you know. I bet you did. A little bit of of my my week was sweet. Sweet. Oh, boy. All right. Can we can we get no less salt anymore now? Because we're almost out of here. So uh, for everybody, uh, if you haven't re- if you haven't checked out zazzle.com for slash gridiron beauty, uh, you can check it out. Uh, buy a shirt, buy the most popular shirt, which is the No Joke Football Slogan shirt, and you get up to twenty percent off. You can also get uh, ten dollars uh, for a year's free shipping. You pay ten dollars, you get free shipping in the U.S. So for Mackenzie Brooks, the Aston Louise Bean, Holly Custis recovering from from some colds. And then, obviously, Troy Wilson here, pretty excited for this past week. Oscar Lopez saying we'll catch you here next week on the Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio and, also, and tune in and on Apple Podcasts. Have a great night, everybody.